Yo, what is going on, everyone? My name is Nick, or The Notorious Fantasy, and in today's video, we're going to be going in-depth into my week number 12 wide receiver start or sit decisions for the 2023 fantasy football season. But before, we can go in-depth into every single game from all the Thanksgiving games all the way until Monday Night Football. At the wide receiver position, I would like to ask that if you guys are new to the channel and you do end up enjoying today's video, that you please make sure to hit that subscribe button down below. And while you're down there, whether you are new to the channel or not, please make sure they do leave a like on today's video. It would help me out a ton. If you want to follow me on Twitter or X, please do so at NotoriousFNTSY. So without further ado, let's get into my week number 12 wide receiver start or sit decisions for the 2023 fantasy football season. We begin with the early game on Thanksgiving, the Green Bay Packers at the Detroit Lions. This game takes place at 12.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. So when it comes to this game at the wide receiver position, to me, this is a very easy game to break down. Amon Ross St. Brown has been a top eight wide receiver in back-to-back weeks. Last week, he had eight receptions on 11 targets for 77 yards and a touchdown up against the Chicago Bears. On paper, this might be a tougher defensive matchup, right? I don't think this is a cupcake matchup by any means, but in my opinion, based upon the amount of production that Amon Ross St. Brown puts up week in and week out, his incredible consistency, to me, he is a matchup-proof wide receiver, and this week, up against the Packers defense, to me, he is a must-start. Now, when it comes to the other Detroit Lions receivers, Josh Reynolds hasn't done much since earlier on in the season. Over the last few games, his highest amount of targets is four. To me, even with how electric, how good this Detroit Lions offense is, I think you're getting a little too cute if you try to start Josh Reynolds. Jameson Williams had an awesome touchdown catch up against the Chicago Bears last week, but with him only getting around three targets every single week, you simply cannot trust him. Now, I love the talent of Jameson Williams. I think maybe one day he will be a start-worthy wide receiver in Detroit or maybe a different team, but as of right now, Jameson Williams should be left on your bench for the Green Bay Packers, Jaden Reed to me is going to be a start. He has had back-to-back Michael Jordan 96-97 top 12 performances. Last week up against the LA Chargers, he had four receptions on six targets for 46 yards with three carries for 46 yards and a touchdown. It should come to a shock to absolutely no one on Thanksgiving that if he gets a carry or maybe even two three carries in this game. He is far from the must-start category, but with how good he has been recently, I would certainly start him on a lot of my fantasy football teams. When it comes to the other Packers receivers, now Romeo Dobbs has looked solid thus far this season. If there were teams on bye this week instead of no one on bye, then Dobbs probably would have landed in the start category. He has scored a touchdown in four of the last five games. He is close to being start-worthy, but up against a Lions defense that might be able to bounce back, it could end up being a longer day for Dobbs. Again, I think right now, all of my trust for the Packers should be lying with Jaden Reed. Again, that's not to shit on Romeo Dobbs by any means, because he's been great as well. But this week, I'm going to lean with Dobbs being on the bench. Christian Watson finally did something last week by scoring a touchdown. Hallelujah. It was like the fantasy gods were giving us a Thanksgiving present, you know, a week before Thanksgiving. But ultimately, none of us had this bastard in our lineup because he has been been bending us over a table ever since he got healthy earlier on in the season. So while he got that touchdown, he had just two receptions for 21 yards. 
At this point, Christian Watson should be on the waiver wire. Nowhere near your starting lineup. Next up, we move to the 430 game on Thanksgiving. The Washington Commanders at the Dallas Cowboys. Now, CeeDee Lamb is banged up, but head coach Mike McCarthy didn't really seem too concerned about Lamb's ankle injury when a reporter asked him about it today. Last week, Lamb had a down game for C.D. Lamb, right? He still was the wide receiver 15 with six receptions on nine targets for 38 yards and a touchdown, but with him being a top two wide receiver a couple times in a row, you start to really have these fantasies of C.D. Lamb doing it yet again. He didn't do it, but hey, this week he might be able to hop back on the saddle and drop his nuts on a bad Washington Commanders defense, so CeeDee Lamb's a must-start. When it comes to the other receivers on Dallas, Brandon Cooks turned into Randy Moss against the Giants in Week 10. He had nine receptions for over 170 yards and a touchdown. Hallelujah! But last week, I said what a lot of you guys should have been thinking, which is, hey, this is Brandon Cooks we're thinking about. And while on other teams he was a huge piece of their offense this year, Brandon Cooks hasn't been seeing a lot of targets, right? He's averaging around four targets per game. So even with this being a wet dream commander's matchup, we saw exactly what's probably going to take place last week against the Panthers. And that's that he's going to go back to his old ways of getting like four targets. So for me, it's kind of obvious that you need to sit him. Michael Gallup just hasn't been really good at all this season. There is no reason to even consider starting him, so we're not going to talk about him too much. For the Washington Commanders, McLaurin had a down stretch over the last two weeks, though in those spots, he continues to get fed with seven or more targets in both of those games. Now this week, I definitely do not like this matchup at all, right? The Dallas Cowboys have one of the best defenses in the NFL, so I'm not going to sit here like a drummer boy and bang the fucking drum aggressively for Terry McLaurin, but he should be at the very least a top 28 receiver, which means he's slightly ahead of the fringe starts, but he's not a guy by any means that I'm going to sit here and give the Gawk Gawk 9000 special to, right? I'm not going to be doing tricks on it. He's a fine start this week. Jahan Dotson had a bounce back game after having a big fat goose egg in week 10 against the Seahawks. Last week against the Giants, he had three receptions on four targets for 23 yards and a touchdown. But to me, despite the fact that he did bounce back, this matchup here is too scary. Shout out scary Terry McLaurin for me to want to start him. Curtis Samuel got ejected after having a Rock'em Sock'em Robots fight with Giants defensive back Daryl Lotz last week. Sadly, you don't get any fantasy points for punching the fuck out of someone, so while Samuel had that solid run of games all that time ago from weeks 4 through 6, at this point, that feels like ages ago. Samuel does this every year where he has like a stretch of 3 games where he's really good, and then after that he goes bye-bye pal, and then you never see him again. So, for me, Curtis Samuel is a clear sit. Next up, we got the final game on Thanksgiving. The San Francisco 49ers at the Seattle Seahawks, 8.20 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Now, this is a game that is rich with a ton of start-worthy receivers. Brandon Ayuk turned things up a notch, got those things up to 10 last week with five receptions on six targets for 156 yards and a touchdown up against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. A lot of people are going to slobber all over the knob of the Seattle Seahawks defense but frankly I think they are a little bit overrated I think they're on fraudulent watch 
and they're not really as great as a lot of people seem to believe. Again, are the Seahawks some dick cheese defense, bottom of the barrel? Of course not, but I just don't think they deserve the credit a lot of people give them. Ayuk is a must-start every single week, and you shouldn't even be thinking twice about it. Debo, throughout his career, has been a very boom-or-bust player. This season, though, when he's been healthy, he has been a lot more consistent. Last week, he had a down game with three receptions on four targets for 63 yards. And regardless of how high that Debo ends up in my rankings this week, I would probably still start him in a majority of scenarios due to the immense amount of talent that Debo Samuel possesses. Jawan Jennings is one of those guys that every once in a while is going to have that game where he has four targets, three receptions, 80 yards, and a touchdown. But it is very unpredictable, so you're not going to roll the dice and start him. For the Seattle Seahawks, DK Metcalf has been a top 15 wide receiver in back-to-back weeks and looked real solid up against the LA Rams last week with five receptions on nine targets for 94 yards and a touchdown. This matchup against the 49ers does have me shivering me timbers a little bit. I am a little bit worried about this spot, but considering DK is just really fucking good. He's built like a Greek god. You can't really sit him. Tyler Lockett in my pocket skirt is dealing with a hamstring injury, but from what I've seen, it doesn't appear to be something that's super serious. But obviously, since this game is on Thursday, you want to monitor things, the practice report as the week goes along. Lockett is a lot more boomer bust than Metcalf is weekly again this matchup isn't great right i'm not gonna sit here and say that the 49ers defense sucks donkey cock because they don't so lockett is kind of in that fringe start category jackson smith Najigba has been the most consistent piece in the seattle seahawks passing attack with that said until he really takes things up a whole nother level you can't be starting him in stronger matchups like this. Next up, we move to Black Friday. If you guys have enjoyed thus far, make sure you smash that subscribe button like it owes you money if you're new. And whether you are new or not, make sure you lightly caress that like button. It would help me out a ton. So for the Dolphins, Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle, you start them every single week, right? This is technically a rough spot for Tyreek Hill. And there's gonna be people like, oh my God, Tyreek Hill's gonna shit the bed against the Jets, right? I get why some people are a little bit worried. But you would have to be crazy, loco, to sit him. Last week against the Las Vegas Raiders, he had 10 receptions on 11 targets for 146 yards and a touchdown. He absolutely bent the Raiders' defense over a table. Even if the Jets' defense proves to be strong, we know how this Dolphins' offense operates. It seems like head coach Mike McDaniel must have a future on Jalen Waddle getting over, or not Jalen Waddle, on Tyreek Hill getting over 2,000 receiving yards. Because it seems like every fucking play is designed for Tyreek Hill. He's going to get over 10 targets. Now, maybe this is a worse game for him. But even in his bad games, he probably still scores a touchdown and finishes as a top 24 wide receiver. Plus, there's a chance that this Jets defense just gives up. They call uncle at halftime if the Dolphins are up, say, 17-0. Then the reckoning comes in the second half and Tyreek goes absolutely nuclear as a top three wide receiver. Jalen Waddle has looked solid on the field, but like I just said, it does really feel like McDaniel wants Tyreek to get 2,000 yards and by golly, great googly moogly, he might end up getting it. 
And Tyreek is the main piece in this offense because of it. We saw how good Jalen Waddle away, Waddle Waddle, can be when Tyreek missed some time during that Raiders game. And we saw Waddle get fed, get his targets. Weekly, it is hard to sit him due to the immense amount of upside in this offense. The fact that Waddle could pop off for 30 fantasy points in any given game, but he is closer to the wide receiver 24 in my my rankings this week compared to a top 12 wide receiver. Cedric Wilson is the wide receiver three on the team, but it wouldn't be shocking if Berrios or another guy like River Craycraft or maybe Chosen Anderson ended up out-targeting him. Now he's going up against the Jumbo Jets, so it really seems like if you're starting Cedric Wilson, you're getting a little too cute. For the Jets offense, Garrett Wilson is a sit for me. Now, if you want to start Garrett Wilson, go right ahead, but Jalen Ramsey, ever Ever since he returned from his injury has been locking down the receiver ahead of him right in front of him right he's been locking him up don't let me out like that Akon song there is no reason for Ramsey to go shadow one of these other sorry ass receivers on the team like Lazard or Xavier Gibson he's gonna be mano e mano right on Garrett Wilson and I don't think Garrett Wilson stands much of a chance here plus things might be even worse with Boyle under center, I know. Nick, it can't get much worse than Zach Wilson. It actually could, if I'm being honest with you. Alan Lazard, Stonehands Lazard, might be the worst wide receiver I have ever seen get paid as much money as he does. And us fantasy players, not me this year, but a lot of people try to talk themselves into Lazard every single fucking year because we see the flashes. Oh my God, right? And we get lost in it. But we need to remember, hopefully we remember this year and be like, oh, Maybe we should never draft Alan Lazard again. Xavier Gibson, you know things have gotten really bad when your special teams guy is catching passes from the quarterback? Stay clear away. Next up, we move to the beginning of the Sunday slate, the New Orleans Saints at the Atlanta Falcons. Chris Olave is going to be a start for me. Now, it is still kind of unknown on if Derek Carr is going to play or not. Now, I do think that if Derek Carr plays, that really bumps up Alvin Kamara and hurts Chris Olave a little bit. But I really do think without Derek Carr, Olave's upside is even higher. Olave has been a back-to-back top 10 wide receiver prior to the bye in fantasy football, and he is a must-start weekly. But again, I would be salivating at the upside of Jameis Winston just fucking chucking it up to him all game long. Rashid Shahid, I'm Shahid. Rashid Shahid is another one of those guys that's kind of a loose cannon, super high upside player. He has had three boom games on the season, but you never really know when they're going to be coming. The matchup here is right for the taking, but even if Jameis plays, I would rather just leave him on the pine, especially since there are no other teams on by and there's so many other receivers to pick from. A.T. Perry will be the wide receiver three in this game because Michael Thomas is now on the IR with a knee injury. So now A.T. Perry will be a guy that gets talked about for like approximately eight seconds every wide receiver starter sit video until Michael Thomas returns. And that's about all I need to say about him. Drizzy Drake London is going to be a start, but he looks the exact opposite of Olave where Olave is this must-start guy, a guy I'm kind of banging the drum for, kind of giving the, fluffing him up a little, giving him some hype. London is a fringe start. I know 
And I do really believe that this man has the skills to pay the bills. But man, oh man, has he been disappointing. Going back to Desmond Ritter is like watching your friend go back with the ex that was abusive to him. Say a prayer to the fantasy gods up above if you have to start London. Because we know that shit might end up not being too pretty here even up against the Saints defense, that's been pretty eh. In terms of the other Falcons receivers, Matt Collins was inactive in Week 10 due to his ankle injury. Now coming out the bye week, I assume he plays. Whether he plays or not, though, it doesn't really matter because you're not playing him. And then Van Jefferson, the guy's very fast. Got that Lightning McQueen speed. But you're not starting him on the Atlanta Falcons. Come on, man. Next up, we got the Pittsburgh Steelers at the Cincinnati Bengals. And the bad man is gone. Matt O'Canida got sent packing by Tomlin today. A beautiful sight to behold. Maybe, just maybe. Now Kenny Pickett's going to look better. He probably won't. But hey, at least the bad man is gone. Deontay Johnson has been down astronomical. He is on a dry spell that can hopefully be quenched by Matt Canada getting fired. I still heavily believe in Deontay Johnson's skill set as well as the fact that he is a target hog in this offense. But, and this is a big but, shout out Nicki Minaj, against the Cincinnati defense and with how shit Kenny Pickett has been, Deontay Johnson is nothing but a fringe start. George Pickens, I don't even know if Matt Canada being fired into the sun can save George Pickens. I love the big play upside. I love the skill set that he possesses. But frankly, in a Kenny Pickett offense, you ain't starting this lad. When it comes to Allen Robinson, I don't even think anyone should have Allen Robinson on their team. So there's no need to start him. For the Bengals, Chase has scored a touchdown in three of his last four games. Congratulations. Round of applause for him. With that set up against a tough Steelers defense... And if you match that with the fact that Joe Shiesty is going to be out, Jamar Chase is about to experience a sad time in his life. And for me, he is nowhere near my top 12. And frankly, he might not even end up cracking the top 24 receivers in my rankings. It is going to be hard to sit him due to how good he is. But I'm being honest with you, if I'm keeping it a buck 50, I am very nervous about Jamar Chase this week. Teehee Higgins, even if he suits up with the hamstring injury that has taken him out over the last two games, you would have to be clinically insane to start him with Jake Browning under center. It is officially sad boy or gal hours for all of us with T. Higgins and Jamar Chase. Tyler, yeah, Boyd. I love Tyler Boyd, but without Burrow and with Higgins potentially back, Boyd is officially buried, and I don't think he's going to make it out the coffin like his name was, The Undertaker. Next up, we move to game number seven here, the Carolina Panthers at the Titans, the Tennessee Titans. But before we can break down this game in depth at the wide receiver position, I would like to give you guys a quick word from our friends and our sponsor over at Underdog Fantasy. Underdog Fantasy is the best place to play NFL pick'em in the whole entire universe. And today, Underdog has a great offer for you guys that we'll be talking about in just a couple of seconds after we explain how Underdog pick'em works. So we're we'll talking about about the Thanksgiving slate of games here. First, with the Green Bay Packers at the Detroit Lions, my favorite pick from this game is going to be David Montgomery, higher than 64 and a half rushing yards, up against a pretty soft, in my opinion, Packers run defense. We are going to go ahead and match that with the Dallas Cowboys versus Commanders game with Dak Prescott, higher than two passing 
touchdowns in this spot. If both of those hit, then we will receive three times our entry fee. If you do three picks, it's six times, four picks is 10 times, and five picks is 20 times your entry fee, assuming all of the picks hit. Now, if you are new to Underdog Fantasy and live in one of the states on your screen right now, you receive a first match deposit bonus of up to $100. So you deposit 100, they'll give you an additional 100. If you do 50, it's an additional 50. 25, additional 25. The minimum deposit on Underdog Fantasy is $10. If you have a gambling problem, please make sure that you call 1-800-GAMBLER. Back on into things here, the Carolina Panthers at the Tennessee Titans. Let's start off here with the Panthers. Adam Thielen bounced back last week after some down performances due to Frank Reich taking back over the play calling abilities. Now, I know Nick Frank Reich's probably on the hot seat. Nick Frank Reich sucks ass. I get it. I get it. And it's kind of crazy that in the year 2023, after what happened in Indianapolis... That Frank Reich still has a job, but hey, that's just how the NFL goes. They cycle these old fucking idiotic head coaches. But with him calling the plays, it does help. Thielen out a ton. This week, he faces a garbage Titans defense, so I love Thielen this week. He is a must start. Jonathan Mingo is a player that I think has a lot of skill, and I think one day he could work out in the NFL. But as of right now, with how Bryce Young has looked... The only wide receiver you should be taking a shot on this week in Carolina's name is Adam Thielen. DJ Chark, do 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 baby Chark. Didn't have a single target last week. Just like I said about Mingo, don't be starting random Panthers players not named Adam Thielen. For the Tennessee Titans, DeAndre Hopkins had a solid week last week up against the Jaguars in Jacksonville with four receptions on five targets for 59 yards and a touchdown. Solid matchup yet again this week, but I can't really get here and give DeAndre Hopkins the Gawk Gawk 9000 special because even though he's a great player, we still all acknowledge that the quarterback situation here is pretty scary. I mean, both of these quarterbacks haven't really been the best, but I just want to kind of stay away from giving D-Hop all of the super high rankings like I've been doing because, again, while he's so talented, the quarterback is really limiting him. Kyle Phillips, basically exactly what I said about the Panthers, other receivers not named Adam Thielen, is what I will say about the other Titans wide receivers. There is no reason to be confident in the other wide receiver core around Hop. Stay away from Kyle Phillips as well as Nick Westbrook, E. Kain. Next up, we got the Tampa Bay Buccaneers at the Indianapolis Colts here. The Colts are a very interesting offense because after Anthony Richardson went down, I know Gardner Minshew's been decent in the past, but it really seemed like, hey, maybe Michael Pittman Jr. season needed to calm down a little bit. Maybe we get put on ice. But Pittman has honestly been one of the most reliable wide receivers in fantasy football this season, and especially so since week number six. Over his last five games, he's been a top 18 wide receiver in every single game. Sure, maybe him finishing as that top three receiver, top six receiver, top of the charts, A1 steak sauce type of wide receiver might be shocking with Gardner Minshew under center, but with how good his numbers have been, I will smack Michael Pittman with the must start tag. Man just gets fed the ball all day long and he's in a solid spot here up against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers defense. For the other Colts, we got Josh Downs as well as Alec Pierce. At this point in the season, Josh Downs was a hot commodity a couple of weeks ago, but at this point, it's kind of, you know, 
been a bit watered down. Assuming he is healthy this week, he is close to being a start, but until I see him ball again, I think I'd rather just leave him on the bench. Alec Pierce, this is a dude with a lot of grit, right? A real lunch pail type of guy, but you don't get any fancy points for fighting like we talked about earlier. You also don't get points for grit. So sit him down, all right? Next game we got, or not next game, the next team in this game is the Bucks, who are going up against the Colts. Evans has been pretty solid all season long. While he was just all right against the 49ers last week, no one was expecting Mike Evans to go out there and lay a pipe for that ass like he was a plumber against the 49ers. I honestly expected him to be slightly worse, and he was still pretty decent. He now faces a much easier matchup this week up against the Colts. This man has scored a touchdown in four of his last five games and has seven touchdowns on ten games in the season. You have to roll that guy out as a must-start every single week. Chris Godwin is a guy that I'm kind of just getting tired of. Now, if you watch the tape, you watch the game, look, he's still out there looking like Chris Godwin, right? He still looks good. It's not like he's washed up or something, but he just hasn't been putting up fantasy numbers recently. I think you can argue to start him over some of the less lesser wide receiver starts that we'll talk about in today's video. It just seems like his floor is very low. Even when Baker's looking great, it's like Rashad White's balling, Mike Evans is balling, and it kind of makes Chris Godwin kind of feel like the odd man out sitting there on the cuck chair while Rashad White and Mike Evans are having a day out there. And to me, his floor really feels like the wide receiver 30, maybe wide receiver 40, and even in a good matchup, his ceiling is probably around wide receiver 18. Which again, I'm not here to tell you that Chris Godwin sucks absolute ass cheeks at playing football, but let's be honest, let's call a spade a spade here. Godwin has been disappointing this season. Trey Palmer is another one of those guys that is very talented, but he is buried on the team with amazing players around him. So for me, he should be a unanimous clear sit. Next up, we got the New England Patriots at the New York Football Giants. The Mario time, baby. Demario Douglas is a start. Now, the expert consensus rankings on Fantasy Pros had this dude as like the wide receiver 50 when I was looking things up a little bit earlier, moving my rankings around. And to me, that was a little bit shocking. Douglas has been a top 28 receiver in back-to-back -back weeks. Now, I get that Demario Douglas is probably not going to go out there and rip off a top 10, top 12, even probably like a top 18 game. But to me, he is an incredibly safe player to throw out there. It's like wrapping a Trojan, a Durex around your squad. So he's pretty safe, in my opinion, to be like a top 30 guy. Again, I would be perplexed. I'd be shocked if he finished as a top 10 guy, but mostly not due to his skill set because he seems pretty good, but just due to the Patriots offense's ineptitude this season. His last game in Germany, Guten Tag, prior to the bye against the Colts, he had six receptions on nine targets, six of nine. Very nice, I like, for 84 yards. He should be fine, but again, it's not like he's going to go out there and do something crazy exciting. He's not going to be like evil fucking Knievel out there. The other Patriots receivers, we got Mr. Corvette, Corvette, Juju Smith-Schuster. Juju is so bad. There was someone in the comment section in the summer that was like, Nick, you fucking idiot. You keep fading Juju Smith-Schuster. Juju's going to be great. Right? And I was like, dude, I will eat a fucking paper with this comment on it if Juju's any good. And Juju's bad. His fall from grace will be studied in history books years from now. It's crazy how much he has fallen off. Devontae Parker might play, and he might not play. But who gives a shit? You're not playing him anyways. 
And again, I wasn't trying to be rude to Devontae Parker, but we just got to be honest. And again, we don't need to sit here for 45 minutes talking for no reason. We can just ease past a guy like Devontae Parker. Wandale Robinson, even despite the Tommy DeVito masterclass last week against the Commanders in Washington, you just can't start these Giants receivers. The offense spreads the ball a ton. The offense kind of America runs on Duncan. The Giants run through Saquon. And again, we saw Tommy DeVito have that great game, but it would probably be like a Linsanity run, right? He has one great game and then back to being Tommy DeVito yet again. So Juan Dale, Robinson, Darius Slayton, Jalen Hyatt, sit him all down. Next game here, we got the Jacksonville Jaguars at the Houston Texans. If you guys have enjoyed thus far, again, make sure you guys hit that subscribe button down below as well as hitting that like button whether you are new to the channel or not. So Jags versus Texans. This is probably my game of the week. This feels like the most fun game of the week. The game with the highest upside to be a real burn burner, a real a burn burner, a barn burner, a real bat and fourth affair here. Just a fun game on paper, a division rivalry matchup of the Jacksonville Jaguars at the Houston Texans. So we'll start with the Texans. Tank Dell is on fire NBA Jam style. We talk about this a lot in the channel, so if you watch every video, you're like, Nick, you sound like a broken record right now. But when a player is on fire NBA Jam style, when they're just ripping off all these great performances, even if you might not necessarily believe in the player, for example, Curtis Samuel earlier on the season. I believe a lot more Tank Dell than I do in Curtis Samuel, though. I'll make that very clear. You have to keep starting them. Three straight games inside the top 12, with two of those games inside of the top three. Last week, he had the Cardinals defense screaming as he was raw-dogging him from the back with eight receptions on 10 targets for almost 150 yards, one yard shy, with 149 and a touchdown. When a player runs this hot, I don't give a fuck who they are. I don't care how much you want to believe in Tank Dell. At this point, you have to throw on the shades here like your name is Ray Charles and just blindly start Tank Dell. Nico Cousin, let's go bowling Collins. Didn't do as good as Tank last week, but he was still a very reliable receiver. Seven receptions on 11 targets for 65 yards. He isn't in the same must-start category as Tank, but you're still starting him as a top 24 wide receiver. And I think CJ Stroud will calm down a little bit on those interceptions last week. A couple of them were pretty unlucky, though, if we're being honest with you. And then the other Texans receivers, Robert Woods. There's no way in hell you're starting Robert Woods in the year 2023. Christian Kirk and Calvin Ridley are starts for the Jaguars. So we'll start with Christian Kirk here. Kirk had his first down game last week in what felt like forever. But since he is... One of the most consistent receivers in the NFL on an offense that can percolate in any given game and really give Kirk maybe two plus touchdowns, we'll just jump back on the bandwagon. This game has the upside of being one of the highest scoring games on the week. The Jaguars offense looked beautiful like Sidney Sweeney's rack, so you better believe Christian Kirk is in for a bounce back spot this week. Speaking of Sidney Sweeney's rack, you know, bounce very funny right there, Nick. You're a fucking comedian. Calvin Ridley, while Kirk was on the struggle bus, Calvin Ridley was pumping up his chest like fucking King Kong on the Empire State Building. This man had the Titans in the camel clutch last week with seven receptions on nine targets for 103 yards and two touchdowns. Now, I have zero zilch reason to believe that he can actually keep it up. But with this being a higher scoring game, again, I've kind of beaten that point to the ground. I would start him as a high-end wide receiver three or 
a low-end wide receiver too. Again, I'm not telling you he needs to be in your lineup, but it is also important to note that when Zay Flowers is healthy, that's when we've seen those big Calvin Ridley games. So maybe this is just the start of a huge late-season push out of Calvin Ridley back towards being back in fancy players' good graces. Zay Flowers, like I said with Ridley, Zay Jones, or I said Zay Flowers, Zay Jones is a sit, just like I said with Ridley. Zay Jones really helps out Ridley, but even with the upside that he possesses, I don't think that all of Ridley, Kirk, and Jones can kind of coexist and ball out at the same time. So out of those three, he would be the one to sit. Next up, we move to the Cleveland Browns at the Denver Broncos. We just talked about this really fun game, right? The high-scoring narrative between the Jags and the Texans, maybe being a game where... 70 points are scored, obviously, probably not, but maybe, right? Over 50, at least, right? Should be a fun one. Whereas the Browns at the Broncos, like, you'd be lucky to get 30 points maybe here. Now, Cortland Sutton has had two straight games as the wide receiver 14 in fantasy with 17 fantasy points at PPR. This man is addicted to scoring touchdowns with eight scores in 10 games. That is four more scores than Abe Lincoln had. Now, he faces the stout Browns defense. So, I'm not going to sit here and tout him super highly because that Browns defense is very, very scary. But, I think that Cortland Sutton's worthy of a fringe start because even against the Browns, I think he still probably ends up scoring a touchdown. But again, I don't think he'll be anywhere close to the wide receiver 14 this week. The other... Denver Broncos receivers, we got Jerry Judy. Judy's a guy that I think everyone in the fantasy community just wants to believe in because of how great he was back at Alabama in college and how highly everyone was basically just sucking this guy's knob, slobbering on his knob like it was a corn on the cob about in the NFL draft process. He just hasn't had a single top 28 game this season. And again, even though Mr. Unlimited has been cooking up a five-star Michelin meal, let Russ cook over the last couple of weeks, Judy has been irrelevant. Now again, not here to shit all over Jerry Judy like Steve Smith did a couple weeks ago on primetime, but against the Browns' defense, there is no way in hell you're starting him. Marvin Mims finally saw three targets for the first time since the start of the season. I love Mimsy, but until the workload truly ramps up, you gotta stay clear away. For the Cleveland Browns, I love me some Amari Cooper, but with the quarterback situation in Cleveland, Cooper could be a landmine that you throw into your lineup. Now, the upside is always going to be there with a guy that has as much of a skill set as Amari Cooper, right? I know. He's not like a top 12 receiver in the NFL, but at times he looks like one, right? And he's he's a great player. He's a great wide receiver one that a lot of NFL teams would be happy to have. I'm sure the Cowboys wish they had him back as the number two receiver behind C.D. Lamb. But when the quarterback situation is that grim, it really just kind of drowns the upside out of Cooper. Plus, the Broncos' defense has gotten a lot faster, stronger, like that Kanye song recently. And with certain PS2 shadowing Cooper, I expect him to get locked up like Tory Lanes. Elijah Moore played very nice last week against the Steelers. Even so, 
You just can't trust him due to the quarterback. Must avoid, in my opinion, Cedric Tillman is a three-target at max guy, and you don't want to start a three-target at max guy that's on the fucking Cleveland Browns. Next up, we move to the LA Rams at the Arizona Cardinals. We got Cooper Cup and Puka listed as starts. Now, Cup is banged up with a low ankle sprain. If he plays, I'm taking the chance on starting him, assuming that nothing else pops up during the week that would make me nervous because he's playing up against the Cardinals defense. So Cooper Cup, even on one leg, he'll just use his third leg, his horse cock, to balance him, right? He'll be fine, right? That's what uh, Terrell, no, not Terrell Owens. That's what uh, Chad Ochocinco always says, right? That he used to play on Viagra with all the blood flowing. I don't know how that worked, but I guess it's true. That's what he would say. So again, against the Cardinals defense, probably going to plan, but again, this is definitely something to monitor, and there is some stranger danger with Cooper Cup, because if you start him, there's a chance he just re-aggravates it and gets hurt and is out of the game. Puka Nakua, if Cup is banged up this week and misses the game, then Puka Nakua will be in must-start category. Now, just like Cup, this man's messed up too. He's got a shoulder injury. If Cup plays. Puka is a middle-of-the-road start with higher upside if Cup isn't fully back. Puka was balling out of control last week with five receptions on seven targets for 70 yards and a touchdown. But again, if Cup is back, I don't really know if even against the Cardinals defense, we should really expect that. 2-2 at well if Cup misses. You can start 2-2. But even if Cup is limited and still plays, I wouldn't start him. He has performed this season without Cup early on in the season, which leads me to believe that if Cup was to miss, you could roll the dice and play 2-2 at well again because the Cardinals defense is smoke through the screen. They reek to high heaven. When it comes to the Cardinals, Hollywood Brown is standing on his last leg, right? He is on a peg leg right now. I am ready to, you know, make him walk the plank. I'm starting to panic about Hollywood Brown, right? Even with Kyler looking really solid, Hollywood has fallen outside of the top 50 receivers in three straight games. He is a very high upside player. He possesses that speed, the skill to be a great receiver at the NFL level. But as of right now, and against a Rams defense that at times looks good, he, he's just a fringe start. And again, based upon him not being inside the top 50 three straight weeks, like there's reasons to put question marks near him, right? There's reason to be nervous. Rondell Moore, unlike Hollywood Brown, Rondell has been playing pretty well. But there's a clear issue here, and that is Rondell's targets. Some games... He's getting like five, six targets. Other games, he's kind of nowhere to be found. And since they fluctuate so heavily weekly, as of right now, I'm not confident enough to start him. Greg Dortch, Mike Wilson did miss last week's game with a shoulder injury. He or Dortch will operate as the wide receiver number Trace. Yeah, number Trace, that's correct. Uno, dos, Trace, cuatro, cinco, seis. As the wide receiver three on the team. And with how much volume Trey McBride sees, though, Again, just kind of avoid this situation. Next up, we move to the Kansas City Chiefs at the Las Vegas Raiders in Viva Las Vegas. Now, Devontae Adams had a huge game up against the Dolphins in Miami with seven receptions on 13 targets for 82 yards and a touchdown on a play where the Dolphins corner fucking slipped on a banana peel and fell over. The Chiefs defense is really good, but I still think Devontae Adams should be at least a top 18 wide receiver this week, strictly due to the amount of volume. I really do hope that AOC keeps feeding him 
so that we can see Devontae Adams be Devontae Adams, which to me, he's still one of the better receivers in the National Football League. Jacoby Myers has completely taken a dive since earlier on in the season. I still think Myers is a very talented wide receiver, but you are really overthinking things if you are starting him up against the Chiefs defense with the quarterback play of Aiden O'Connell as well as Adams getting fed like Ezekiel Elliott in that video of him just munching on some cereal. Hunter Renfro, another dude with a ton of grit, right? The kind of guy you would want to date your daughter. Ever since McDaniels got fired, Renfro has started to show up more. Even with that said, though, he's a clear sit up against the Kansas City Chiefs. Rashi Rice is a fringe start. A lot of people got on me last week about how I didn't have Rashi Rice ranked inside the top 36 receivers last week. And guess what? Chaboy was right. With how Patrick Mahomes spreads the ball out at Tanya, he's like Oprah. Nick, you say this every week. He's like, you get the ball, you get the ball, you all get the ball. Rice is stuck in that range of wide receivers 28 through 36. He is a really solid player, but again, with the ball going around to everyone, it does really limit his upside. Last week, he had four receptions on five targets for 42 yards. I la 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 love this spot like I'm simple Jack, but... But... I'm still worried about ranking him super high because, again, they spread the ball out so much. Justin Watson had a real solid game. Watson was the guy feasting last week on Monday Night Football up against the Eagles. And he even cashed my first touchdown bet. So thank you. Shout out to my boy, Justin Watson. I love you for that. I've hit back-to-back games with the first touchdown bet. Five receptions on 11 targets for 53 yards and a touchdown. I doubt he'll be able to replicate this performance, but he is clearly light years ahead of that bum, Marquez Valdez-Scantling. Speaking of that bum, MVS, Stonehands MVS, sad Told the game last week against the Eagles with zero receptions on three targets. MVS just sucks. He's another Alan Lazard type of guy where he shows the flashes. People start gargling on his balls about it. But ultimately, when all the cards are on the table, he always folds. Next up, we move to the final game before Sunday night and Monday night football in the night games. We got the no one circles the wagons like the Buffalo Bills at the Philadelphia Eagles. Another interesting game here. Let's see. Are the Bills frauds or did they really make it out the gutter? Last week against the Jets, and they've turned another tide, right? They've turned a page on the season. A.J. Brown had his worst game of the season in Kansas City last night on Monday Night Football with one reception on four targets for eight yards. Should you be worried? The answer is, fuck no, baby! A.J. Brown is still one of the best receivers in the NFL, and he now faces a defense that can be taken advantage of. This is a huge bounce-back spot for A.J. Brown here, and he will be ranked as a top-five receiver in my rankings. Devontae Smith, last week, he had a solid performance with six receptions on eight targets for 99 yards. He was also a micro-penis length away from scoring a touchdown as well. He is a pretty safe bet to be a top-20 receiver, and he has done that in three of the last three weeks, so three straight weeks in a row as a top 20 receiver. Then we've got Olamide Zacchaeus. He has had two or fewer targets in each game besides in week three, where he got, drum roll please, three targets in that game. There's no reason to start him, especially with Julio Jones now there. For the Buffalo Bills, I'm going to start Diggs. Now I know Diggs has been down bad over the last two games, failing to even finish inside of the top 50 in both of those games. I do worry about the matchup up against the Philadelphia Eagles, but ultimately, you would have to be smoking on some next-level shit to sit Stefan Diggs, who, in my opinion, is one of the better receivers in the NFL. And again, that's probably the opinion of the masses. I don't think that's some hot take by me. He is going to be 
at the very least, a top 12 receiver this week. You can bet on it. Shout out Troy Bolton. Gabe Davis has been nothing short of a complete and utter embarrassment over the last three weeks with just two receptions. Two fucking receptions in three games. I am starting to think that Khalil Shakira, Shakira is going to take over and Davis's snap share started to dip last week. While I say this, Gabe might just fuck around, get two catches for 120 yards and two touchdowns. But at this point, that doesn't seem very likely. Khalil Shakir was the wide receiver nine last week against the Jumbo Jets with three receptions on four targets for 115 yards and a touchdown. I would rather take the shot this week on Shakir over Davis, but again, I definitely would prefer to sit him. Next up, we move to, because you waited all day for Sunday night, the Baltimore Ravens at the Los Angeles Chargers. I don't know if you guys have noticed this, but like every week, the teams that have been playing on primetime are playing on primetime the next week. So if their first primetime game was in week 11, most of the time they get a primetime game yet again in week 12. The Ravens went up against the Bengals last week on Thursday Night Football, and now they're back on Sunday Night Football. The Monday Night Football game has the Vikings, who just played the Broncos last week in primetime. So for the Baltimore Ravens, Zay Flowers is on the fringe start side of things. Now, I fully understand that Zay Flowers has fallen off a bit of a cliff recently, but due to this being a wet dream matchup, I give him the nod to be a start-worthy guy. But again, I'm not going to sit here and say that Zay Flowers is some must-start wide receiver because he is far from it. Odell Beckham Jr. is dealing with a shoulder injury right now, but I haven't heard anything negative for him potentially missing this game. So assuming that he does play, I do really like this spot for him. He has had three straight games inside the top 32 at the receiver position. Last week, he had four receptions on seven targets for 116 yards. This is a great spot for him here up against the Chargers. And honestly, I am even considering ranking him ahead of Zay Flowers. Rashad Master Bateman continues to be a non-factor in this Ravens offense. And even without Mark Andrews, that I think could potentially help out Odell Beckham Jr. I just don't just magically expect him to show i don't know why i said magically i just don't magically assume that rashad bateman's magically going to show up here when it comes to the la chargers keenan allen has been a top four receiver in back-to-back -back weeks he has had 14 or more targets in both of those games with at least a touchdown as well as over 100 yards i know that the ravens defense is great this that and the other thing but there's no way you're gonna rank keenan allen outside the top 12 and there's no way in hell you are going to sit him quentin johnson dropped a game losing pass last week against the packers in lambo i still think that johnson is a bust you know i don't think you should really judge someone this early on in their career that way but man oh man you cannot start this man in fantasy darius davis if you know any information about him right you got some interesting tidbits of information about him you're a football guy or gal because frankly i don't know much about him despite the fact that he gets like two targets a game and you need to sit him down final game here we got the monday night football matchup the chicago chicago bears at the cold like minnesota vikings for the chicago bears dj moore is going to be a start with justin fields back in as the star Starting quarterback DJ Moore should be in your lineups. Moore went balls to the wall last week up against the Lions defense in Detroit with seven receptions on nine targets for 96 yards and a touchdown. I fully expect DJ Moore to finish strong yet again this week. Now the Vikings defense does scare me a little bit, but as long as Fields looks somewhat decent, Moore should definitely be mighty fine, just like Megan Fox in the Transformers. When it comes to the other Bears receivers, even with Fields looking a one steak sauce moody was virtually invisible there is no need to start any wide receiver not named dj moore 
in Chicago. So Mooney, Tyler Scott, both on the bench. Justin Jefferson's a start, but if I'm keeping it a buck with you, I don't really think he's going to end up playing until after the bye week, which would be week 14, up against the Las Vegas Raiders in Viva Las Vegas. But if he does play, you're obviously going to start him because I don't think they would just ease him back. Like, I think either he's back or he's not back, right? It's not going to be some, like, decoy shit like Debo Samuel. Jordan Addison has been struggling recently. I think once Jefferson is back, then Addison will be a lot better off since he'll be facing softer coverage. And even without Jefferson, even against the Bears' defense, I just don't really trust him. KJ Osborne is a guy that I like, but recently he just hasn't seen the target, so there's no need to really get cute here, magically roll KJ Osborne out there. So thank you guys all so much for watching. If you did end up enjoying today's video, please make sure you guys hit that subscribe button down below, as well as hitting that like button. It would help me out a ton. If you want to follow me on Twitter or X, please do so at NotoriousFNTSY. So again, make sure you guys check out any of the videos on your screen if you haven't seen them already. Love you guys. Have a great one. And as always, go!